Hello and welcome to another episode of One of Us Has to Be Right. He's Justin Whitwick. I'm Josh Deal, and we're going to get right into it with our favorite segment, Scary or Scares Me. Justin, what do you got? Yeah, so I'm starting with something that hits a little little too close to home right now this week. Um, we all saw the video. We uh-oh. all saw... Uh-oh. We all saw Urban Meyer getting grinded on yeah. by some little college biddy as he stayed back in Ohio after the Jaguars lost in Cincinnati. Let me let me just break down the scenario for you. Yeah, okay? for it's, those of it's, you, it's not good. You you broke it down for me earlier, and it's just really not great. For those of you who don't know the full story, Jaguars lost to the Bengals Thursday night. Close and game then, too. Yeah, in a, in a really solid game, and we'll touch on what my scary good is this week. But, oh my god, <laughs> Urban Meyer. Okay, so, lost, Thursday night. Now, the team flies back the same night, and Urban Meyer said that he was going to stay back in Ohio because he has some family there, he wanted to see his grandkids. You know, Ohio State man, I'm sure he's got family around up there somewhere. Yeah. And... We saw the video of him at the little bar with that little blonde chick on his lap, and he was touching her, and this and that, and this and that, and then everything blows up, and on Monday, he cancels the team meetings all on Monday just to deal with the bad publicity that he got from that, and that was a big turnoff to the team that apparently already was very much, like, not in his favor after, you know, the 0-4 start, you know, only getting, like, a third-round pick for your ninth overall pick last year and, you know, not using Trevor Wright. He's not living up to the expectation and this and that. Um, All that coupled with bad behavior after a bad loss, lying to the team, not bringing the team together to address it. Everybody's upset with Urban Meyer, and rightfully so. Yeah, no, 100%. And, I mean, Shad Khan... Oh, my gosh. Can I say the owner's name? Shad Khan... Shad Khan. Came out on record and was like, he's got to win us back. I mean, it is just an ugly situation up there. As the Joey Marzen quotes, you just simply cannot do that as a leader of men in an organization. Yeah. How elegant... Is that I I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make the end of the year. You know, I I know you said, well, do you think he's doing this just to uh, get fired and go to the USC job? I think this is just him being stupid. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think we all saw it coming that he was going to kind of Nick Saban. Uh, and we all saw that obviously Nick Saban goes to the Dolphins and stinks stinks it up as an NFL head coach. Goes back to Alabama and you know is what he is. And I think that that's kind of. Some people thought that this Urban Meyer gig was going to work out, but a lot of other people thought that this is exactly what was going to happen. The team's 0-4, just not a great start, and then you add, add add insult to injury with this too, just not great. Yeah, and I mean, I, I was I was hopeful when we signed him. I didn't like the signing. I wanted literally anybody else. I would have taken the Byron Leftwich if Robert Sala wanted to come, if you know we got Eric Bieniemy to work with Trevor Lawrence. Would have loved it. Would have loved it, but you know it is what it was, and I tried to be optimistic. But man, is it tough being a Jaguars fan after your 19th straight loss. Yeah, hate to see it, 
But my scary good this week is how good these first-round quarterbacks look this week. I know we were talking trash about them all last week. Very, said Davis Mills yeah. looked the best out of all of them that week. Goes out four picks against the Bills. No touchdowns, no points on that offense whatsoever. But Wait, Trevor Lawrence yeah. played a really good game against Joe Burrow. Zach Wilson beat the Titans. Yeah, we got Mac Jones coming. Yeah, Mac Jones coming really close to Brady. Uh, that was the last possession uh, game yeah, up in Foxborough. Back and forth, back and forth. And then we had Trey Lance coming in for an injured Jimmy G. Played decent. And then uh, Justin Fields picking up his first win. I know it was against the Lions, and there were a <laughs> bunch of things that the Lions did to make it easy for him to win yeah, that game. Like we always do. But, you know, like, but, you know, he played as he should have, and they won the game. So... I know that the Jaguars have been a poverty franchise and Urban Meyer's a mess, but Trevor Lawrence still looked really good against young Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, too. Oh, my God. The young quarterbacks last week looked phenomenal. All the young quarterbacks. Kyler's still balling, too. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just my scary good. Young quarterbacks playing very well. It makes me happy to see in a league of about-to-be-recycled old players. Yeah, and I think staying on that topic, my scary good is how good Kyler Murray looked this week. Obviously, I didn't even know that was going to be your scary good. Look at that segue. It was, it was surprising. That's why I told you I knew what yours were, so I wanted you to go in that order so that I could segue it right in. No, right, I well, there we go. I loved watching Kyler Murray this week because if there's anyone on the face of this planet who is a bigger teetotaler for the Rams right now, I don't know mm-hmm. them. I'm a huge yeah, fan I of, tell you. of what Sean McVay is doing with that team, the defense, the offense, Matt Stafford, my MVP candidate. And then Cliff Still Kings- played very well. Yes, of course. I mean, he's Matthew Stafford. He's going to do that. But Cliff Kingsbury comes out and just one-ups him. And for a guy who's on the hot seat this year and for Absolutely. a quarterback who's in a make-or-break year – this is the best. I mean, they are the only undefeated team left in the NFL at, at 4 0. That's crazy to me. I feel like we've had so many weeks where it's like week seven. It's like we still have five undefeated teams. I mean, the Steelers were 11 and 0. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's, but, I mean, again, this, this year, like we've said, I think in every podcast since the start of the season, there's no, there's, there's no black and white. It's all gray area with these NFL games. Uh, I'm, I just thank God that I'm not as big of a sports better as any of my friends because I think I would have lost oh. so much money at this point in the season just because of how crazy these these outcomes have been. However, dude, I thought Brady, I thought Brady was going to go ham in New England, slam twenty on the plus six and a half, or on the minus six and a half. Yeah, and I was I was very sad when yeah. he came up short, and now I'm twenty dollars out. But staying on topic is, I mean, Kyler Murray <laughs> comes out; he's now the MVP favorite. At most of the sports books in Vegas, he has eclipsed Pat Mahomes for that regard, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, he's playing in a make-or-break year. He's on a team where the offensive weapons are there. Uh, James Conner has been looking like a stud in the in the red zone. I mean, I think he was 18 for 50 with two tutties. Um, so obviously, he's not getting you know, you know, first, second, third down yard or uh, first, second, or third down carries outside of the red zone really but I mean he's been incredibly efficient inside and it's been just helping Kyler get the play action game off it's been helping him you know work out of the shotgun literally everything that you would want um Kyler Murray has been has been providing that for you yes sir completely switching gears with my scary bad is 
continuing on with the COVID vaccine crisis within oh, the boy. meccas of the NBA. We've seen it in LA, we've seen it in San Francisco, and now we're seeing it in New York as well. Teams are requiring their teams, or te- teams are requiring their teams. Yeah, teams are requiring their players to get vaccinated in order to play at practice facilities and play in upcoming games. Andrew Wiggins just came out and said, I got the vaccine because the choice was play in the NBA or get the vaccine, uh, or don't play in the NBA or get the vaccine. And now the big name that we're seeing, everyone saw this coming, Kyrie Irving refusing to get the vaccine. More importantly, Steve Nash refusing to move practice out of Brooklyn. And so now the choice is, you know, does, does Kyrie sit out the whole season because he refuses to get vaccinated or do eventually they say we're just going to eat all this dead weight if he's not playing and we could get something out of him yeah. which i know we were talking as, about as this i earlier. think we should and i i agree like if, if you're going to be paying this guy 30 to 40 million dollars for him to just sit there because he won't get a vaccine move yeah, him you're not going to play half your games move him to a city in which they aren't requiring this one name i saw that, something funny where it was like it was like imagine they get all the way through the Eastern Conference and make it to the finals, and then it's in L.A. and, like, Brooklyn finals, and Kyrie just can't play in any of the games because he's not vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing, though. I mean, potentially, I mean, I know we talked about this earlier, but they could potentially move Harden to play the point. They've got Patty Mills and Joe Harris that can play the two, and then they could bring in, I hate to say it, they could swap Kyrie for Simmons and Picks. And yeah. I th- I think that trade could work out work out fine. They run for you both know, sides. They run Simmons at the power like at that small forward power forward spot, kind of switching from the wing to inside with KD, and then they've got the big men in the middle to kind of you know go along with that. So I well, mean, yeah, but but even even down in Philly though, pairing Kyrie with Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris wouldn't wouldn't be, be a terrible nasty. look for the Sixers. No. It'd be it'd be it'd be gorgeous for them, especially for a team that is trying desperately to get rid of this guy. Right now he's got yeah. what, eight point two five million dollars sitting in escrow that's just going to waste. That's basically getting pulled out every single time he gets fined for not showing up at something. So they've got yeah. a that there's a that's a ticking time bomb in and of itself. So, you know, whether he gets shipped to the Nets, regardless, the biggest situation here is the fact that players are you know getting forced to get the vaccine which for some people are saying you know it's the right move lebron has come out and said like i did it for the health of my family and you know my teammates but people like Kyrie are are a little bit hard-headed when it comes to stuff like this and if it means that he's going to sit out he's going to sit out and if they can trade him to somewhere where they're not requiring this maybe that's for the best yeah i mean i think that you know i'm still not the biggest fan of the mandates as we went over as 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 once again this is not me not being a fan of the vaccine but a fan of not being a fit wow okay we're gonna try that one more time this is me not hating on the vaccine it's me hating on the mandates to get the vaccine um but you know if if the rules are the rules and you have a guy that's eating 30 million dollars on your bench because he's just not playing and it's not a load management thing and he can't play in in your finals or whatever or half your home games then i mean why just keep him why keep him on the, on the payroll yeah no i i agree 100% so we're going to kick it on over to truth 
or true or false. Wow. I was going to say truth or dare. That was bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a new segment, truth or dare. Justin, I dare you to quit. No. Um. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go to true or false. I'm going to start us off here. And this is going back to what you said. 72% of the GMs say that the Nets are still the favorite to win the finals. True or false? Do you believe that the Nets are the favorite to win the finals? False because of the fact that I'm going with the team that they voted 17%. I'm going with the Lakers. I think that that team has a chip on their shoulder. I think the Nets look good, but we there's still the problem that we saw last year of load management and injuries. If that team can stay healthy, obviously they look great, but I don't. I wouldn't discount the Lakers, especially with the question mark of Kyrie Irving. I think maybe that poll was taken before all of this happened. Um, but regardless, I'm going with the Lakers at 17%, um, who... It's crazy that it was 72% and then 17%, which just shows the disparity of the NBA. With the, with the NFL, obviously, would be a much more wide-open thing. Obviously, the Chiefs, Bucks, all would kind of get like get nods for Super Bowl picks. But the fact that 72% of the GMs in the league are saying that the Nets are winning, it almost sounds like they're giving up at this point. But I've, I've got to go with the Lakers. Here's the thing. <clears throat> We don't know what the situation is going to be like yet, so I'm I'm personally going off of what's on paper, and I think, true, the Nets have to be the favorite. I mean, if you have three guys that can put up over 100 points between the three of them any given night, they're my favorite. Now, if I'm a betting man and it's my own money, I'm not throwing anything down on it. But for right now and just for the pure sake of just saying that, like, this team is my favorite to win, given what they have on paper. I think the Nets are my favorite to win the to win the whole thing. Yeah. All right, I guess we'll see what you got for your second one. Yeah, so, true or false? So, a fun um, little, I think this came out at 5 o'clock today. Um, oh, wow. The fifth edition of the match, we're not going to see... Phil Mickelson versus Tiger. We're not going to see Phil and Bryson. It's going to be a 12-hole exhibition between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. True or false, Bryson walks away with the victory. I, just after watching that man's, especially on those drives, I, I got to say true that, that Bryson is going to take, take the win here. And this is one of the ones where I have to agree with you. I think that he's got the most to lose in this situation. Like, this is a head-to-head matchup. It's a 12-hole, not an 18-hole exhibition. He's going to give it everything he's got. Do I think he might tweak something because he's going to try to drive it 430 yards? (laughs) Maybe. But I think he's got the most to lose in this, and I agree. True. Bryson pulls it out. Even though I like Brooks Kepka just as a dude, I think he's a a guy's guy. I think he's a a heck of a golfer, too. But... um, I think Bryson has the most to prove, and I think he's the one that eventually walks away from it. It's going to be the day after also, Thanksgiving in Las Vegas. So, little also, Black Friday when, entertainment. When you think about what Bryson DeChambeau is as a player, I'm not saying skill-wise, but mentality-wise, he's got that Mamba mentality where he just doesn't like to be second place. He doesn't like to look bad in any situation, and... I think he's t- he's he's gonna approach this like he's trying to get a green jacket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Brooks Koepka is gonna show up and play 12, 12 holes of golf. Like it's nothing. You know, he's just gonna show up. But Bryson DeChambeau is so ultra competitive, and I think that 
it, come hell or high water, he's he's going to do everything in his power to make this the most insanely competitive, just random couple rounds of golf. Yeah, a hundred percent. All right, this is kicking it back over to the NFL. Ben Roethlisberger needs to be benched. True or false? Ugh. The problem is that I don't I don't trust Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph, or Josh Dobbs more than I trust Big Ben. He's looked not great. But, unless they acquired somebody, unless they got like a, like, unless they had a Jacoby Brissett or something like that this offseason, you're putting the keys to the team in the hands of Mason Rudolph, who did not look great in any of the games that he played last season and the season before that. Or Dwayne Haskins, who we haven't seen anything from really since uh, his, his, well, in a real game setting, since his days on the Washington uh, Redskins at that point, before football team. Um, And then uh, Josh Dobbs, who again, he's kind of like a preseason wonder boy, but he always seems to, you know, not be there when when it comes time in the, the regular season. So I think that false strictly because of the fact that I don't think that Dwayne Haskins hands are more capable than Big Ben's at this point even though Mike Tomlin has come out on record and said that Dwayne Haskins can throw a ball through a car wash and not get wet um I if he starts getting first team reps in practice and reports start coming out that he's looking really good maybe but I still think that even though Big Ben is slow as molasses uh he has not had the same zip on the ball that he is used to I think that he can still throw 30 of 36 passes for less than five yards and somehow win a game. So in this situation, I like the leadership that Big Ben offers because of the fact that they don't have somebody. Now, do I think that they look either at Dwayne Haskins as their future starter or towards someone in the draft, which we will get to very soon? Oh, yeah. Maybe. But right now, false. Big Ben is still the quarterback, I say, until week eight. If he continues to struggle at the same levels, Maybe you start looking at Dwayne Haskins, but he's got to start getting first-team practice reps before I even say, you know, you throw him in at all. Josh. So here's why you're wrong. Oh, God. Do you want to hear, do you want to hear a crazy number real quick? This has nothing to do with Ben's stats this year. Do you just want to hear a crazy number? Sure. In the 2004 draft, Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger Sr., Ran a four seven five forty. Is that not crazy to you? That Big Ben ran a four seven five. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to believe. Mainly because you See, look at somebody like Tom Brady, and I think he ran a what a five five oh eight. Yeah, like Josh notorious. Allen. Wait, hold on. What did Josh Allen ran a four seven six? That's okay. That's bonkers. So so so. You get somebody that, you know, has definitely paid his time. He's yeah. won this organization a few chips. It's time to move on, dude. He's four for four with touchdowns and interceptions through four games. He is he is still throwing 64% in, you know, completion percentage. But every single one of those passes is under five yards. And I think that he's really stunting the growth of a lot of those young players on the team. Not players that he's starting Instead of, like, I'm not talking like Haskins isn't getting his chance to shine, so blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about Juju being wasted on his last year. We're talking about... I, I'm Wait, just did saying. you just say no. Juju? Like, on the yeah, last he's, year he's, of his deal? 
Yeah, he just signed but, a one-year contract. He's getting paid $12 million, and he's not even getting any touches. Yeah, because he, but he could do what Deontay Johnson's doing, which is just they could figure out ways to line him up in screens or outs or slants or anything. I, I mean, Juju's just bum, like a booty cheeks, well, I know, if you will. I know, but, but it, also you stopped me before I got to the list of the other young stars on the team. I mean, but, like, Najee's still getting targets. He's just not doing anything. Literally, they're the last team in rushing right now. Because Najee had... Because they have a terrible offensive line. Ben doesn't look good because he's also got an awful offensive line. That's why I'm saying it's And he also has an awful arm. I get it, but, again... Forget Tua! Forget Tua! Ben's got the noodle arm right now. Whoa, 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 whoa. No. No, go on. Say say what you gotta say. I'm waiting. No, I mean, like... Has he looked good? No, but he's still Big Ben. Like, is he is like I? That's oh, what. Oh come on now, dude! Give him at least until week eight. That's what I'm saying. If he looks this awful by, I don't mid-season, think they should have brought him. I don't think. I don't think they should have brought him back this year. That's period. And, and let Wayne Haskins start and then go three and fourteen. There, there were plenty of other options, especially around draft time, to make a move draft, that that wasn't Big Ben. Draft somebody. No. They could have traded for Sam Darnold. They could have traded for Jimmy G. Like, they, like there were so many positions Look, that they could have I, been in. I liked, I liked the idea of Sam Darnold going with Mike Tomlin because I think that Mike Tomlin's top five coaches in the NFL right now. Okay, and that's what I'm saying. They shouldn't have brought Ben back. They should have just literally picked up any other situation. Okay, yeah, they could have, big, they could have traded ben for Gardner took, Minshew. Big no, Ben took uh, him to okay, Gardner Minshew. Big Ben took. Are you him kidding to me? Gardner and... Minshew's better than Ben Roethlisberger this year. Big Ben, okay. With what evidence? He's he's riding the pine in in Philadelphia. You're telling me that the Steelers couldn't have given up a fifth round pick for Gardner Minshew, and that he would be playing worse than Ben Roethlisberger to join this a year crowded right now. to join a quarterback room that already has three guys vying for a shot. I'm saying if he had the shot, he'd he'd be better than 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 the other guys. Maybe, but like I still like there's I just give start giving Dewey Haskins. First, uh, first team reps in practice, and then if Ben is still awful come week eight, you swap him out. It's not that hard. Well, co- well correct. Just, I, I do like, think think that he gets injured. Literally, Big Ben was a was in the running for comeback player of the year last year. Oh, like do we it. for do we forget how good Ben looked through the first eleven weeks of last season? And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, get him out of there, get him out of there. Give the dude like like I said. Four more weeks. If they continue to crap the bed in every single game and Ben's out here throwing 10-yard passes and barely getting it there because he has no zip in his arm, yeah, cut him out. But, like, give the dude a couple more weeks. I mean, you're not saying bench Trevor just because he hasn't looked great. You're not saying bench Zach Wilson because he hasn't looked great. It's because no, Big but, Ben... No, but, but I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying bench Ben because Big, of the decline. Okay, yeah, but you have such high expectations for Big Ben. The thing is, is that you're going from a, a comeback player of the year level... In any other year where Alex Smith literally didn't come back from the dead, Big Ben would have won comeback player of the year. He didn't hit four thousand yards. He didn't hit four thousand yards. His his touchdown interception ratio was nice at a little over three, but I mean, I, how much of that was was Ben Roethlisberger actually running an offense and not just him doing some dink and dunk stuff? I mean, it doesn't. The thing is, it doesn't matter because the stats are the stats. Like I think, like you're still avoiding the fact that even if he is doing dink and dunk stuff, it was still enough to get him to 11 and 0. Well, they're 1 and 3 right now. Okay? Like I said, give him And they have the Broncos eight. next week like, and then the Steelers and then the Browns and and, and then the Bears and then defense they like have like the Steelers. Broncos what? then who? 
Broncos? Oh, then the Seahawks. Oh, and the Seahawks' awful secondary? He's going to look like a god against that secondary. I don't care if Jamal Adams is coming oh, on a safety Oh, my God, plus. dude. He couldn't even play against the, He put up 10 points against the Bengals. Okay, the Bengals have Jesse Bates. The Bengals, oh, at I, least, I, the Bengals at least have a better secondary than the Seahawks. The Seahawks are dreadful. The Seahawks have Jamal Adams, like a Bobby Wagner. Like, like what? Like, I, I, okay. Dude, the Seahawks just... secondary is dreadful. Have you seen how teams have just been absolutely eating them up? They're the most overrated team in football. I'm not saying that they're not, but they but they, they beat the 49ers last week. Yeah, because okay. I'm I'm just saying. I I I think the 49ers are a better team than the Seahawks. I agree. And I yeah, think that the Jets, Seahawks are going to absolutely Jets, the wallop. Beat, the Jets beat the Titans. The the, the NFL is oh. a lot closer this year than we expected. You can't just make give ben, big give Big Ben four more weeks if he continues to crap the bed. Throw in Dewey Haskins or throw in Mason Rudolph and watch that team go three and fourteen and go last in the a, uh, the NFC North or the AFC North. Excuse me. I I mean the way that they've been playing, I already think they're going to be last in the AFC North. I mean. So do I, but again, you throw Mason Rudolph in there, and it's not like the team's going to get any better. Moving on. <laughs> we got on a little tangent there. Jeez. We're at 25 This is minutes, why we like two or false like The last more. 12 minutes have just been us talking about that. And I, I'm glad that you didn't say that earlier, because I would have already had my thought in mind, and it just kind of kept rambling out. So, we've, we, we talked a lot about the quarterbacks that came out in this year's draft. Next yeah. year's draft... Right now, Mel Kuyper has Malik Willis as his number one, mm-hmm. Matt Corral as his number two. He has Spencer Rattler as his three. He has um, Sam Howell at four, and he has Desmond Ritter at five. True or false, Ritter. Malik Willis is the best quarterback coming out of this year's, the 2022 <laughs> draft class. <laughs> you know, I haven't really been paying attention to that much college football this year. Um, but based on my premonitions going into this year, I really liked, oh man, what the hell is his name? Kid that goes to Nevada, Carson, Carson Strong? Carson Strong, yeah. I really like him a lot. I'm surprised that he wasn't in the top five. Um, also, huge Matt Coral fan. Huge Matt Coral fan. Ole Miss is it Coral? Showing some love. Yeah, I think it's Coral. I've seen Coral. I've heard Coral. I've heard Coral. Not, One of I, us has to be right. Yeah, um, it's probably you. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I'm a big Carson Strong fan. I'm surprised that he wasn't in the top. Uh, in the top five, who's that kid from Liberty too? That that's I really Mal- like? that's Malik. That, that's Malik Willis. Yeah. So I don't think he's the he's the best quarterback out of this draft. Do I think that he's better than Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler? Uh, ask me combine time because that's when I start to get into my quarterback preparation. Yeah. But. Uh, Right now, I don't know if I have enough evidence to support that Mac is the absolute or Malik is the absolute best quarterback coming into this draft. And God help any team that needs a quarterback in this draft if Malik Willis is the best quarterback available. I mean, I I personally think that I I, I like Malik Willis. I think that he and and Trey Lance have a very similar. Um, I think they're cut from a similar cloth. Um, yeah, that's I mean, fair. He, former Auburn commit who leaves Auburn, goes to Liberty. Personally, I love Desmond Ritter. And if he can continue to bring a team like Cincinnati. Love the size. Love the yeah, physical but abilities. Again, but if you can take a team like Cincinnati and bring them into national prominence. Like, I get yeah. that Cincinnati's been really solid. They have a wide receiver prospect who John's probably, you know, 
already saying he's saying the name. Yeah, he's saying the name. He, yeah, he's saying it right now. Mel Kuyper actually <laughs> came out and said that you know he's a prospect to watch right now. I like I like what Desmond Ritter can do. I was never big on Spencer Rattler. Um, yeah, me neither. And there's there is a name who I'm going to I'll drop him now because I haven't said it yet. John and I were actually talking um, a couple days ago about he was asking me about the quarterback quote-unquote controversy, which is actually a blessing of having J.J. McCarthy and Cade McNamara both uh, playing quarterback for for the Michigan Wolverines right now. And that's someone – I think that J.J. McCarthy is going to be an absolute baller in the NFL. He's going to shoot up? He's going to shoot up the draft stock? I've seen some – well, I mean, he's also – I mean, he was a five-star recruit, I believe, last year. He's either a true freshman or sophomore this year. Um, But looking at Calvin Slovis' name hasn't been anywhere either this year. Caden Slovis – I mean, Caden Slovis is – I mean, he's playing for an unranked USC team. But I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, that that was was another guy that was supposed to be easily top ten, maybe top five in in terms of, like, talent in this this college football year. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's something I just – I like Desmond Ritter. We'll see how the rest of the the rest of the year plays out. If if Cincinnati starts crapping the bed, very similar to how Oklahoma just hasn't looked good. Um, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I think I think that having Malik Willis at one is a little questionable. But I think that having Spencer Rattler at three is like someone who's literally they're they're calling for him to get benched. Like the home fans are calling yeah. for him to get benched. That that is not a number three prospect at the, in the quarterback position. And that and that's the thing. Talk to me like come March or, or April, I, you will see an entirely different conversation about who I think is the best and who will be, you know, drafted where and when. But for right now, I just Malik Willis being number one is just a little, just a little too much for me. Okay, hit me with yours. Last last ones, me you, we both. Got yeah, it. last last ones here. The Chargers are now the favorite to win the AFC West. True or false? I walked away from the mic, and then I literally got a look of awe on my face. No way. That was yours? What? Was that yours? Oh, no, 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 no. That was not mine. I have another another NCAA question coming up. But, um, I I mean, I liked what I saw out of them last night. They put down a team. Great two or false, right? We we did kind of know that this team was not going to, you know, I mean, the the Raiders team was – kind of pretenders they're a team that always starts out strong and then gets weaker as the year goes on I've uh, again my Super Bowl prediction from the jump has been Chargers Rams I think that that would be just awesome to watch Mm -hmm. it's in SoFi this year it's it's probably one of the best storylines that we could possibly see two franchises who literally have to pay to get fans into the building both being Super Bowl caliber, it's, it'd be this amazing storyline. You see the Chargers However, players getting booed walking out of the out of their uh, out of the locker room tunnel. from their yeah. home stadium. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's why it's just like really. But I was about to say it. I'll say it. Regardless, the Chiefs, yeah. are, the Chiefs, the Chiefs still have to be the favorite. I think that the Chargers pull a wild card, um, and I think that a team from the AFC East. Um, or the AFC North, or yeah, no, no team from the AFC South is getting the number one seed. It's either a team from the AFC East or the AFC North gets the one seed, and then I think that the Chargers get in as the the number one wild card spot. But I think that they end up making it. I think that they should be the favorites, but I think that by some crazy happenstance, the Chiefs still end up pulling it by a game or two. But I think that the Chargers should be the favorites. Uh, to come out of the AFC, the AFC, but I think that they 
they lose a couple games on some bullcrap calls, whatever the case may be. Um, but I don't think that I don't think they're the favorites to win the AFC West right now. But I think that they are my favorite team in the AFC. So I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. You know what I mean? They yeah. have a very, very, very tough stretch of games. Like they got the Browns and the Ravens, Patriots, and the Eagles and the Vikings, and you know the rest of that AFC West. But after those stretch of games. It's hard for me to think that they're not going to come out of the West. It really is. And, you know, especially not Justin Herbert. Obviously, he's been looking phenomenal. And not just Keenan Allen and and Mike Williams and Jared Cook at 37, 38 years old still catching passes. Or Austin Eckler, that insanely built line. Even with Brian Balaga out, they looked really well, that offensive line. But it's that defense, dude. Jared Tillery, dog. Joey Bosa, dog. Derwin James, dog. Drew Tranquil. Like, like even Nazir Adderley looked really good last night. Like, he was locking down Henry Ruggs for, for a decent amount of that game. And I think that that defense is going to carry them. I don't think that the Chiefs' defense, after watching them the first four weeks, is going to be able to keep up week in, week out with how many points their offense is able to score. And, and you know what I mean? I... Nothing but the utmost respect. I still, I still predicted that you know Patrick Mahomes is going to win MVP, but it's it's tough for me to say that the Chargers don't look like the best team in the AFC West right now. And given that schedule, I think that they have a decent shot at 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 being the number one seed coming out of the West. Yeah, I mean, you look at someone like um, you look at someone like Brandon Staley, who was a defensive wizard with the Rams last yeah. year, who also played quarterback and came out of yeah. a school like John Carroll that just absolutely breeds NFL executives and NFL head coaches. Like, you really can't beat, you know, what Brandon Staley's doing with that team. I just think that the Chiefs are going to end up using their offense to pull, but then I think that if it comes time to it, I think that the Chiefs lose to the Chargers at some point later on this season. Well, let's see, I what, just what think, week? What week are they playing? We'll, <clears throat> Hold on. I mean, they, I got they've got to play got, twice this year. Yeah, I got the schedule right here. They don't wait. Oh, they put. Yeah, they they already beat them. Wait, am I stupid right now? Yeah, they already beat them once this year. The Chiefs beat thirty the to twenty-four. Chargers beat the Chiefs. Oh, that's right. Oh, because the, yeah, the Chiefs are one and two. And then they're not gonna play. Well. Chiefs are two and two now after this week. Yeah, yeah, but um, and then they don't play till December, so that's probably like week fifteen or something. Yeah, week and we'll or see that we'll see that high octane offense that has Josh Gordon, who just got reinstated. <laughs> ah, officially, shout out to my fantasy team. Love the waiver wire. Officially made the fifty-three man roster um, today. Um, week five, he could be playing. Oh, that's next week. Yeah. Oh, oh man. But oh, yeah, oh, I Lord. think. Oh, oh Lord. Um, oh Lord! But you know, I'll take it. I'll take Ooh, it for the last. Wait, wait a minute! Oh. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! It's Bills Chiefs next week. Oh, Sunday night game. Oh, oh that's dirty. That's oh, that's gonna be a, oh, that's gonna be phenomenal. Especially if Josh Gordon's playing. That'll be fun. Oh, that'll be real fun. Bills shutting out everybody. I'm sorry. Go on to your last one. I just needed to bring that up because that just got me real excited. Yeah, dude. Um, I'll move on to the last true or false question here. Um, true or false, 
the the NCAA football championship game, the BCS title game, will be Alabama, Georgia, true or false? Do God, you think that another that's team, such a loaded question? Do you think that another team is as good? Or makes it to that stage. We've seen Iowa move up to number three in the rankings. We've seen Penn State go to four. Michigan is seven. Uh, well, seven in John's rankings. I think they're nine in the actual AP poll. Um, I love John's rankings. John's rankings are gospel. But um, you know, there's. I mean, I. It's 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 tough. I mean, Iowa's been playing really solid. Here's it's just thing, a question Josh. of does is it is it Georgia. Is it is it Georgia Alabama? Is that just the Josh, indefinite answer? Here's the thing. We saw a very very red hot Arkansas team go down to Georgia and get, get their absolute stifled. teeth kicked in. Yeah. And that was a team that you know I I didn't think they were going to beat Georgia, but I think that they had a chance with how hot they've been. Number one, nobody's touching Bama. Nobody's touching them. That's, that's, you know, Bryce Young's been looking really good. And you have a Nick Saban coach defense. I don't know if there's anybody else that I like more than Georgia at that number two spot right now, currently. Who's throwing for them? JT, not JT Daniels? Oh, JT Daniels was hurt. But even when they had the backup in, he was looking solid. Yeah, if, if you're going to shut out, they shut out Arkansas, right? 37-0, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to shut out a, a, a top 10 ranked team that's 3-0, and it's it's tough to really think four that. 4-0. They were 4-0. Oh, they were, that, that are 4-0 coming off of some really big wins. Um, it's tough to really just think that there's somebody that's going to step up and compete with Georgia. Iowa, I think, might have the best defense in FBS. Potentially. But... It's tough to say that anybody but Georgia and Bama are, are, aren't a clear number one and two favorite right now. Yeah, I mean, this is a year where Oklahoma looks like garbage. Ohio State has not looked great. Where Clemson has looked abysmal. Like, usually it's like those, like, you have those six names kind of floating in the ether. Like, will it be Bama? Will it be Georgia? Will it be Oklahoma? Will it be Clemson? Yeah, even Kentucky, will it be Ohio State? Kentucky's 5-0 right now. Yeah, but Kentucky's Kentucky. Like you have to think of the blue, like the the programs that are actually good enough to make well, it to the top four. And I don't think I don't think Kentucky climbs higher than eight. Last week. Yeah, but it's not like Florida with Emory Jones leaving them is or leading them. Excuse me. I mean, is, they were ranked is, what ten? But again, that's not a team. Like I don't see Flo- I don't see Florida making it into the top five. I'm Nobody surprised saw Florida, Oklahoma. Yeah. I'm surprised that Oklahoma is still hanging in there. With with Rattler at quarterback and yeah. th- getting absolutely taken to the wire in almost every game this year, Oklahoma's yeah. got to prove themselves. But still, like I think that it's going to be if it's one four and two three, it would be the it, right now it's the two three of of Georgia versus Iowa and Alabama versus Penn State and Alabama yeah. rolls in that game. Absolutely, I think that the only don't matter if it's a whiteout game. The only question mark, and it's there's going to be so many Bama people at that game. It's ridiculous. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think that Penn State hangs around. I think that absolutely I mean, not. Somebody else is I going to take think, that spot by by the time that playoffs come around. A hundred percent. And whether it's Oklahoma and they finally get their act together, maybe. 
I doubt but they're going to get rolled by the tide. Yeah, I mean, and look, like, maybe Ohio State, like, I mean, obviously they lose to Oregon, who then came back and lost to Stanford, who always plays upset. I get it. But, like, this, I think this college football season is, is, is a wash. I think yeah. it's obviously Bama. It's obviously Georgia, and I think that we're just playing to see if maybe one of those two teams gets a tough fight and loses. But even still, I don't think that those teams get out of contention ever unless someone comes in and absolutely stuns Georgia in a very close defensive game or someone can, you know, beat Alabama. And I thought the closest we were going to see was Matt Coral coming in to Tuscaloosa and giving him a shot. Nope. But... 42-21 nope. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's it's still Alabama. So yeah. I think it's gonna be I think it's tough. I don't know if I don't know if that's gonna be, you know, what we what we just come to expect. Is it we just expect Georgia versus Alabama? But I mean yeah. we we thought that Clemson was gonna be solid this year. We thought that, you know, there was a chance that I mean I I don't think LSU was expected to be something top tier, but no. But they were I, still I mean, I thought I thought Oregon team. I thought Oregon was going to be better. I thought TAMU, with how young that that team is, was going to be a lot better than they than they are. Even though they just lost Kellen Mond, I, I thought that you know there were a bunch of other teams that were in prime position to at least fight for a top ten spot that we don't even see touching that. Yeah. Well, that was my last question. I know we there were we go. gonna do we we're gonna do baseball, but the game's already played. Yeah, like they already started that game, and I feel like it's not fair. I think we've already kind of said who we think is gonna. We I think we came out last week and said yeah who we thought was gonna you know, well that was at least coming out of the NL. Yeah, but I I, I don't think that going through our predictions now now that it's two zero Red Sox in the bottom Espe- of the first, but especially after. After people get this episode on Thursday, and they've had a yeah. slew of games already played, yeah. So, I think I think we move past that. I think we we ended it here with trivia, and I've got some pretty solid questions. Sounds good for you. You ready? Uh, we'll see what happens. All right. For the first time in Major League Baseball history, ah, no, it's okay. A father-son duo hit back-to-back home runs. Who were they? Father son duo hit back to back home runs. It is Wasn't a Gri- senior jun- It is a senior junior situation. Was it the Griffies? It was in 1990. Oh man, you had me. You had me shaking in my boots for a second. Next up, everyone knows that Michael Jordan <clears throat> wore the Carolina blue, played mm-hmm. for the Tar Heels. Growing up. What team did Michael Jordan want to play for? <laughs> he didn't get an offer from them, um, but he wanted to play for this team. It's 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 a pretty obvious one if you think of the era that he grew up in. Yeah, I just know I'm going to be mad. I I oh I really don't want to expose myself by saying something really stupid. It's um, there's a pretty obvious answer here. No, It'd you're going to say like it. right now. It'd be like right now if a football prospect wanted to go play for Alabama. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't really know the the like climate of college basketball in the '80s. 70s. Um, '70s, yeah, I guess at that point. 
Was it? I'm just trying to think who was good way back when. It's one pretty obvious answer. And I know I'm going to be so upset when you say it. Was it Michigan? It was not Michigan. It was UCLA. John Wooden, ah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, yeah. at that point, Lou Alcindor. And, um, yeah. yeah. I thought I thought, I thought. thought at the tail end, maybe like, the, like before the Fab Five, they were chilling, but I guess not. No. The UCLA with John Wooden. Moving on. Yeah, that was really Wimbledon. Stupid. Wimbledon is one of oh, the yeah. four one of the four Grand Slam tennis matches. However, at the first Wimbledon tournament in 1877, it was actually a fundraiser for England's preferred sport at that time. What sport was it? Back in the 1800s, 1877. It was a fundraiser for what sport? Was it cricket? Close. It was croquet. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Why would you ask me that? No, that's really funny. That's actually really funny. Isn't that such a joke, though? I was like, I was like now I don't Wimbledon know, maybe is like, Wimbledon. I was like, I don't know. Maybe, like, they played a... I don't think they played soccer then. Maybe they hadn't have gotten to, like, enough... Of literally, like any other sport, because I can't even think of anything else that would have been around at the time. Like, like maybe some of the track and field stuff, but yeah, croquet. That's really funny. Moving on, Jameis Winston was the youngest player at the time to win the Heisman Trophy in December of 2013. The oldest player who to win the Heisman also played at Florida State. Who was he? And oh, how was just, old was he? Uh, when I was about to award. just say I was about to just say Joe Burrow at 22. Um, no, this one is this one's bonkers, which I've said I think three times today. Bonkers! I love the word bonkers. I do too. Oh man, Florida State Heisman winners within the last 25 years. Um, what in the Bobby Bowden era? Florida State Heisman winners. I'll give you the year if you want it. Alright. 2000. 2000? I I have absolutely no idea. 28-year-old Chris Wenke won it for the Seminoles. Oh! Wow. 28 years old. Yeah, he he played for... Did he play for the Panthers? Yeah, I think so. But that Whedon, that Whedon age. Yeah, because that's right. Because didn't he didn't he go to the minor leagues for a second? I, th- I think he went. I think he went to the Blue Jays or something or something like that. And then, and then decided then, to come back and play football. Yeah, and then he J. went R. to Smith Florida style. State. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was something stupid like that. Wow. Yeah, you could you could have held a gun to my head and that name wouldn't have come out. <laughs> Absolutely not. Moving forward, back in 1939, the first okay. NCAA tournament was played. How many teams made the tournament? In 1939? Yes. Well, how many make it now? 64? Yep. Well, technically 68 and then there's the play-in games. Yeah, okay. Um... 
39. That's a that's a deep cut. Yeah, the very first NCAA tournament. I don't know, maybe 16? Eight. It was just the Elite Eight. 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 Oh, man. Oh, Move. man. This one. This one's a fun one. I don't think you're going to... Well, you definitely wouldn't get the, the sport that this person played, what year, anything like that, but you might guess. The first athlete to fail an Olympic drug test was Swedish pentathlete Hans Gunnar Leijenval in 1968. What okay. drug did he test positive for? Well, I, I well now here's the thing. I'm trying to re, I'm trying to think of what drugs were illegal in 1964. 68. 68. Sorry, because you know I mean they used to put cocaine in, in Coca Cola. So I'm trying to sure. think of I'm in the early 1900s, late 1800s, but. Go off, game. yeah. No, I'm just well. No, I'm just trying to think. Like, I don't know if LSD was per se illegal in 1968. Um, I don't know if Coke was that illegal by then. But it's probably some stupid steroid. No, you said drug. You would have said for what performance enhancement? Context clues, baby. Um, my fifth grade teacher in English would be proud. <laughs> um, I don't know what was it like meth. Was beer. <laughs> he drank. He drank two beers before the start of the game, and they were disqualified and had to give back their bronze medals because Hans Gunnar Leijenval drank two beers before the start of the match. I was gonna say, I, I know that the Nazis used to give their like German soldiers meth before they'd run out to battle, so they wouldn't feel anything. And then after that, everybody was like, "Oh, that's not good." But like. That's crazy. That is just beer. Yeah. All right. I've got I've got four more, so let's make them quick. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. I love before, all the trivia. I love trivia so much. Before the advent of the Winter Games in 1924, which two winter, quote-unquote, winter sports were featured in the Olympics? I'm sorry. Would you be able to say that, that year again? So, before the advent of the Winter Olympics in 1924, which mm-hmm. two sports were still featured in the Olympics. That are now currently just in the Winter Olympics? Correct. Okay. Um, is skiing one of them? No. Damn. Winter sports. Hockey? I need two answers. Okay. Uh, we'll go with hockey and basketball. It is hockey and figure skating. Men's, ah, okay. women's, and pairs figure skating competitions were held in 08 and 20 or in 1920, and ice hockey debuted in 1920 as well, four years before they actually played the first Winter Olympic Games. Gotcha. I don't know if basketball was big enough to be around the world yet, because doesn't that only happen in? No, that happens in the summer. That was really stupid. <laughs> I, I was it thinking was of like skiing, my high school skiing and skiing and hockey would have been a much better. Much yeah, better. I was, I was, I was like, yeah, you know, my high school team plays basketball in the winter because they like to be indoors. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, that was really dumb. Um, last, last three here. Um, the World Series winner obviously receives championship rings, as is customary in you know Super Bowl rings, uh, NBA Finals rings. What did players receive instead of rings prior to 1926? And there are two answers that I will accept. This is just in general in sports? 
in 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 specifically World Series. World Series. So the the winners of the baseball World Series before 1926, as was customary, received one of these two things. Okay, so I'm trying to think. What do they think was like cool as as truck way back when? So like or, or like old World Series. Old World Series, um, before so it was money one of them. It so in the first the first World Series ring was handed out in 1922, and then okay. they started adopting this. But before 1926, when it became the customary thing to win a World Series ring, they received one of these two objects. Okay, and, and we're saying money is not one of them. Correct. Money is not one of them. Uh, it is an it is an item. It is a piece of jewelry. It's a piece of jewelry. What are they like a necklace? That is one no. of the options. Wait. wait Medallion wait, wait, wait. is one of them. Medallion is one of them. But what is the other? Do they get a watch? A pocket watch. Yeah. They either oh, received a pocket watch that's or a medallion. Dope. Oh. Yeah. The Yankees. The Yankees watch. were the first team to present their players with a championship ring. That was in 22, four years became, before it came a weed li- a, a, a league-wide practice. Oof. Not a weed lag. Um, That's f- dude, that would be so dope. Everybody's just rolling up with their World Series pocket watch. Pocket watch. All right. Last two. Who caught Brett Favre's first regular season pass completion when he was playing for the Falcons in 1991? Duh, you're asking, was it Andre Reid? I don't know. It was not. It was Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Favre, his first attempt was... (laughs) I was like, no sense in trying to name 1991 Falcons receivers. Just like (laughs) shouting out somebody that I know was on the Falcons. Was Andre Reid on that team? Let's see. No, he was on the Bills, bro. No, I know he was on the Bills, but hold on. I know he played... Andre Risen. Oh, that was the name. Andre Risen was on the Falcons in 91. Brett, Brett Favre's first attempt was deflected by a defender. Favre caught it for a seven yard loss. That's All actually right. really funny. Last one. Obviously, mascots, huge in the big four major sports leagues. There's one mascot who is universally known as the most sued mascot in the big four major sports leagues. Who is it? I'm torn there's, between... There's, okay. No, no, what were you going to say? No, there's like a couple that come to mind for me. When I first yeah. read the question, there was a couple that came to mind... One one notorious in each of the four major sports. Yeah, so I first thought of Benny the Bull. As did I. And then I thought of the Phillies, not the Phillies, the Flyers, the Flyers gremlin thing. Gritty. Yeah. And then in football, who's getting sued in, in football? Who did you think of in football? Unless that gives away the answer. I'm not going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> it's not in football, but I'm not going to tell no, you. No, I know. No, that's fair. Because, I mean, I feel like mascots aren't that big. I mean, I know the Colts one is pretty big. And so is Jackson DeVille down in Florida. And there's also the the Viking, the literal human oh, the, Viking. Yeah. Up in, um, up in Minnesota. And then in baseball, I mean, the Phillies is the first one that comes to my mind. Mine as well. All these Philadelphia guys. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the Flyers guy. Gritty is the, Gritty. the 
has the most has the <laughs> most lawsuits. <laughs> Dude, all Philadelphia fans are just whack as all hell. Who who did you think of for for the NFL? Was, the, was I was just messing with I was just messing with you. Oh, you were in the right city, wrong professional sports league. It oh. was the Philly Fanatic. Oh. The Philly Fanatic is the most sued NFL mascot. NFL mascot. The, the only N- or sorry MLB mascot. The only NFL mascot I can think of because of that video of Robbie Anderson is Sir Purr. <laughs> no, a Jackson that, Deville is is like that a bear doing? mascot. The, <laughs> yeah. No, but apparently what Jackson Deville is like well known in the world of mascots. Like he he like jumps off of like the like jumbotron and like parachutes in and stuff. Like he's like he's like apparently crazy as all hell. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the video of or, or it's the uh, jersey swap and he's in the background literally jumping off the stadium on the jumbotron. Yeah, like he's yeah. like he's crazy. So that was the first NFL one that came to my mind. But um, but yeah, no. So I yeah, I don't think anybody in the NBA is getting pressed over a mascot. Dude, but Benny the Bull though, that was the I first one the that Bull. I immediately, I immediately thought of Benny the Bull, mainly Apparently because of he's his, like, his TikToks he's like the highest recently paid, too. He's like the highest paid mascot in like all of the yeah, big four he's a, sports. He's one hundred percent the most athletic and iconic. When you think yes. like like when you think of mascot, Benny the Bull comes to your mind, and it's because of how in the spotlight he just is with everything. Yes, agreed, one hundred percent. But however, I still think that the hockey dude Gremlin. Gremlin, well, you gritty. keep on saying gremlin. You don't. Well, it's it's okay to feed gritty after midnight. You just have to feed him cheesesteaks. <laughs> that was not that funny. That was not that funny. Josh, that was the funniest thing I've heard all day. <laughs> that is the gotta feed him cheesesteaks, dude. That is that was phenomenal. That was absolutely that. phenomenal. Well, I, I think that you. gritty is the craziest mascot in all of sports, and you might think it's the Phillies fanatic. But at the end of the day, Josh, oh no, <laughs> one of us has to be right. We'll catch you guys next week. <laughs> Peace.